You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. I read the scripture this week, and, and um, I, I actually just read it to the, the worship team in the back. And um, it's speaking of, you know, the, the two covenants that are represented in, um, there's more than two, but the, 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 the old covenant versus the new covenant um, is represented by two mountains. And one mountain is Sinai, where the law was given, the law of Moses was given, and, and the other is Mount Zion. <clears throat> and um, the writer of Hebrews is speaking to Jews who understand this. This is part of their culture. This is part of what they know and who they are. And, um, you know, I, w- I was just, lest, lest we get heavy in our spirit with um, the task at hand. Like, I, I just think, for me, this, this last week was, was a recalibration of sorts, which we need recalibrations all the time, right? But just a recalibration of like, okay, what am I doing? What on, what on earth am I doing for heaven's sake? You know, and, and what, what's my mission? Okay, what's our mission? Okay, what's my mission? Okay, why are we doing all this? Because we're, we're, we're in this season where things are kind of swirling right now and there's a lot going on. And, and you know, what the message last week was, you know, the air is, is getting thin and um, Rachel will have that podcast up in a bit. And um, and listen to it. It's amazing. We love you, Rachel. And you know, we're talking about you know, there's 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 people out there that are saying you know, with 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 what's happening in in Europe, you know, they're saying depending on where you're at theologically and dispensations and all that of the coming of the Lord. We've got to tell people about Jesus, and we, there's like a lot, and it's heavy, and 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 it, it can get heavy. And so I was just like, Lord, like help me not to get wrapped up in, like I want to the, the spirit of those things and not the burden of those things. Like with my focus being on Jesus, do, do you ever get there where you just need to recalibrate a little bit? Like, okay, what are we doing? What are we? And so I remember this passage of scripture, and it says. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, you have not, this is speaking of the new covenant, you have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. So this is the, God was giving the, uh, the Ten Commandments to Moses, which served as a guardian until Jesus came and rescued us in the great rescue mission. And now we live in the new covenant. Somebody said amen to that. And so it says, so, so on the day that that was given, by the way, 3,000 people died that day as well. Um, they staggered back under God's command. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight, he said, I am terrified and trembling. Let that not be 
um, our posture in this season, amen? That we're terrified and we're trembling. He says, no, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and check this out, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. Somebody said amen. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself. Thank God for the new covenant. The people in the old covenant were terrified by God. They were terrified. Even if an animal touched the mountain, it would die. Moses was like, I am scared of God. He said, no, 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 you have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Somebody said amen to that. Joyful gathering. Is it serious? Yes, it's serious. But it's a joyful gathering. It's our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. As believers, as people who have received Jesus into our heart as our Lord and Savior, who have confessed him as Lord, who believe in our heart that Jesus died and rose again, we are saved. Therefore, we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we have, I love it, we have come to Jesus. So, so not only do we have access to God, we have access to Jesus, who, who forever lives, he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he, he, he is making consistent, constant intercession for us. The Bible actually tells us there's two places. It says that the Holy Spirit is praying for us, and that Jesus is praying for us. So can I give you good news today? Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for you. They're interceding for you today. This is good news. This is, you're not alone. Y'all you, needed another hour of sleep. You're not alone. The main thing I want to talk about today, Sean, would you throw that, that photo up? The main thing that I wanted to speak about today is that Tualatin won the state championship yesterday. <laughs> Best team in Oregon right there, friends. And uh, so we're, I'm gonna, we're gonna show the game film from yesterday. And um, we're gonna mute some of the things I yelled um, in passion. <laughs> oh, but uh, Ashton's not here this early service. It was an emotional roller coaster yesterday. It was very, very exciting. So pretty awesome, pretty awesome, pretty proud dad. You know, I taught him everything that he knows on the court. So. <laughs> What'd you say? Including humility? <laughs> and now Jenny will be preaching this morning. Oh, that's good. Praise God. Uh, turn, turn now in, in your Bible to Galatians chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all doing good? Okay, we're going to read, going to kind of introduce a, a, a concept, a thought this morning that I want you to, to meditate on this week, to think about, you know, to meditate means to mutter, 
to mutter to oneself, to think about, to ponder. Do, do you know that, that um, the, the scriptures, the best way for you to receive the scriptures are not to just peek at them on a screen once a week. The best, the best way to get the word of God into your heart is to actually read the word of God and to meditate and mutter to oneself and to think about it. That's why the, the, in Psalms, there's a, there's a stop and think after, after certain passages. It's the word selah. Stop and think. Stop and think about this. Don't just move on quickly. Stop and think about this. And I was telling um, some, of the, some of the leaders that, I don't even know how many times I've read Galatians. And I think chapter four is one of those ones where I'm like, okay, I'm in chapter four and I can't wait till chapter five. I love chapter five of Galatians. It's, it, it, it so highlights and, and it so exposes our, our sin nature, the sin nature, our, you know, um, our flesh what happens when our flesh gets out front, and then it highlights what happens when our spirit man gets out front. And, and it really tells us who we, who we really are as children of God. And so I think, have you ever been so excited to get somewhere that you like forgot the part of, like right before of getting to there? It's like, you, it's like you just, it's a blur. I think for me, chapter four has been like a blur. I'm like, I can't wait to get to five. Five is so good. And, and, and I skipped over I didn't skip over, but I just, there's just timing. That's, that's why it's like, I remember there's this one kid in our youth ministry and he, he lived out on this like farm. I think it was called the farm. And it was, it was, uh, Amish esque Pentecostal Amish. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, and, and I remember one time we, we went to this, we were at this, um, youth conference and there was all these breakout sessions and, I saw him out in the hallway, and I'm like, hey, man, where, what you doing? Which, which one are you going to go to? He's like, you know, he's like, I, I already know all this stuff. I already know all this stuff, so, so I'm, just, I'm just hanging out. And I was like, oh, okay. Spirit of religion, I cast you out in Jesus' name. But, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how even when it comes to a, one of our favorite books of the Bible or things like that, it's like, it is, it's so, the Bible, this, the word of God is so layered and it's so deep and it's so, like, it's so spirit-based that you can read it a thousand times and you can get new revelation every time that you read it. Every time that you, and, and sometimes you don't get revelation. Sometimes, but, but just because you don't get revelation doesn't mean it's not doing something. You're actually watering the seeds of the fruit of the spirit that are maybe lying dormant on the inside of you. You're watering those seeds so that those things can grow. The, when, when the word of God is sent forth, it never returns void. When it goes out, it does what it was meant to accomplish. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't come back to us void or purposeless. Amen? Okay, so Galatians chapter 4, verse 21 says this. And this is kind of a deep... I mean, it's not deep, but I, we're, we're just gonna, we're gonna touch on it this morning. And I wanna ask a couple questions and we're gonna think on some stuff. So Holy Spirit, help us as we go. It says, tell me, you who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. 
Do, do y'all remember that story? Abraham and Sarah, and they, they had a concubine um, named Hagar. And Sarah and Abraham had been promised a son. God had promised him a son. God had promised that um, his descendants would be as numerous. Remember when he brought him out, out of the tent? And he said, Abraham, look, look to the sky above. That's how many descendants you're going to have. And here, Abraham and Sarah are, are advancing in age, and they're getting antsy. And they're getting like, okay, God, do you know what's going on? God, do you, do you see us? God, do you remember us? How many have been there? How many have been there? Yeah, th- there's things in my life right now that if I allowed myself, and maybe in a weak moment, I'm there. Like, God, you promised this. God, I don't see, like, I see that it's, it's a little bit maybe past time from when I, I would have probably want, <laughs> accomplished that. God, I probably would have done it a few years ago. Just to be honest, God, but now we're a little bit further along. And so they're in this moment where they're, they're like, God, you promised. God, we believe you, but we're, we're a little frustrated with the timing right now. So, so what did they do? They patiently waited. No, they didn't do that. Um, Sarah said, hey, Abraham, why don't you sleep with Hagar? And, and that way we'll have a son. It's not your perfect plan. It's not, it's actually not, it's not your plan, God. But because we're impatient, because we don't actually fully trust and believe that you're going to do what you say. Because here's the thing too, is, is the, the, the physical world tells us things. It, like, it's like my, my, my body is, is not in a place where I can actually do what God's saying. My body's not operating in a way in which God says it's going to operate to produce what God said it's going to produce. So we start taking clues from the physical realm. We start taking clues from the natural world. And can I tell you that, that that can be a really dangerous place to be? It's a really dangerous place to be, to be taking our clues. So God, you promised this. And, and, and God, if, if I stay here, if I, if I don't do this, God, if I don't push in this area, if I don't press in this area, if I don't work my way into this area, then it'll never happen. It'll never happen if I don't do something. And it's, it's like the Holy Spirit hasn't even asked you to do any of those things, but you're like, I'm going to do these things because it actually makes sense. And the natural world around me is actually telling me that this makes sense. That's where even like God being in charge of our finances, it's like we don't look at the natural markets and say, well, we can't give right now because gas is high. Sorry, I just went there. We, we can't give right now. We've got we've to pull back on what we, what we had promised God, what, we had, what, we had, what God had spoken to our hearts. We actually have to pull back now in, in human effort and in, in human attempt to make this thing happen. You think God is freaked out about gas prices? You think God can't provide everything that we need above and beyond what we need to pay for tanks of gas in Jesus' name? The extra that, uh, yeah, anyways. 
to tell you, stay the course of faith. Stay the course of faith. Stay the course of faith. Keep believing that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Stay the course of faith. Stay the course of faith. The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. Drop the mic, let's go home. I mean, could, could the law, could the old covenant be any different from the new covenant? Could, could they be more opposed? The old covenant is I'm going to do things to bring about God's favor. I'm going to do things to fulfill God's promise in my life. The new covenant said it's already been done. Walk it out. Walk it out. Don't get tangled up in lies. Don't get tangled up in, 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 in stolen identity. Don't get tangled up in, in, in all this other garbage. Just walk out who you already are. And he goes before us and he makes a way. Oh, it's so good. I'm ahead of myself too. I've gone ahead of myself and made a way in this sermon. <laughs> Wait, no, God's gone ahead. You, I'm saying things I didn't want to say until later is what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not comparing myself to the Holy Spirit. Chill out. Okay. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. Okay. <laughs> this, I, I love this so much because we've, we've been looking at Philippians where it says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling, and then people stop. And then it says, for it is God who gives you both the desire and the power to do what pleases him, which is like the most, one of the most liberating scriptures in the Bible. It's so liberating because he gives me the desire, first of all, so I don't even have to drum up a desire. So, and, and, so I'm like, oh, Chris Overstreet's so passionate about Jesus. I want to get passionate too. I'm going to talk loud and do my hands like he does and I, so that I can get passionate. And it doesn't work like that way. It doesn't work that way. It's like, I'm going to get with the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit is, is going to put his desires in my heart there, that I'm excited about for what God's called me to do. And then not only that, is when, now when I take a step of faith, then God is going to come with his ability, his power. I love what Britt and Audrey said. They added another word to, to, to a phrase I always use. They said his energy, the energy. The energy and the power to do what God says has called us to do. So Chris Overstreet, and I'm pointing at because he was on that screen. He's no, he's not there now, but you don't know what I'm saying. So Chris Overstreet has a desire from from the Holy Spirit in his DNA for lost people. So when he takes a step of faith to do this event, the Holy Spirit comes and he backs it and he blows, he gives it the energy, the desire. Guess what happens? People come. Guess what happens? Finances come, a place comes, a tent comes, everything comes together that previously wasn't there until grace, the grace of God. Amen? So, so that's such, what a liberating Scripture. So it says here in verse 23, but the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's, God's own fulfillment of his promise. So God promised it, and then he fulfilled it. He eventually 
Because more time passed, by the way, after Ishmael was born. So Hagar and Abraham had a son named Ishmael. More time passes, and God opens, God does what he does supernaturally. Abraham and his wife lie together, the biblical way of having sex. They lay together, just in case you were wondering. And God fulfills the promise by his power, by his spirit, he fulfills the promise. Verse 24 says, these two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. The first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai, which we just read about, where people received the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in, in Arabia. Basically, he's, what he's saying is God's people are now are still acting enslaved because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman, and she is our mother. As Isaiah said, rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, and who have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. Verse 28, and you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want you to keep the law. Just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, persecuted Isaac. The child born by the power of the Spirit. But what do the scriptures say about that? This is so harsh. This seems so harsh, by the way, when you read this. When you actually read this and realize that real people were involved in this, this actually seems, this, this type and shadow, it's, it seems very, very harsh. It says, uh, it says, get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance with the free woman's son. So did brothers and sisters. We are not children of the slave woman. We are children of the free woman. And actually... Actually, is, is, is the day after um, Isaac, Isaac, who is, who is a, a sign of the new covenant, a sign of the promise, the day after Isaac, or the day Isaac was weaned, they were throwing a celebration. And what, what did Sarah see? Sarah saw Ishmael, the law, mocking her son, Isaac. And she told Abraham, she said, you get her, and you get that boy, and they're gone. And, and, they were, and they were sent away. Now, God is compassionate for you who, who are like, oh, God, that's so, that's so hard to, you know, you cry at the, at the Humane Society commercials, and you're like, you have a tender heart towards things and humanity and animals and people, and you're like, that is so harsh. God graciously sent an angel who met them and took care of them. And sent them, and and, it, but but the principle. I just wanted to tell you that story so y'all feel good. But the principle is is Sarah said no 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 no. These two ideologies cannot coexist. These these two children will not be able to live together. And in fact, if, if there is any ties with the old covenant in our life where there's mixture in our life, it will mock freedom. The, the, I'm just telling you, there is a mocking voice 
There, there is the voice of the enemy that comes and it says, and it, and it tries to bring up sin and condemnation and fear and doubt and unbelief. Have you ever been hit by this thought of like, am I even saved? If I died, would I even go to heaven? Like these, these demonic thoughts of, of fear, these things of like, well, man, I, I made a mistake. Should I be even holding this microphone this morning? Condemnation, fear, like all this thing. The law will always try to mock the spirit. The law will always try be in opposition to the son of, of, of the free one. So we have to, we have to ex- totally expel, totally expel, get rid of the slave and her son. You know, it's, it's one thing to be in church and to, and to the, you know, the, the music is loud and we're singing. You sing. We can sing over the top of that of that mocking voice of Ishmael. It, it, it may work at church, um, but I'm telling you, it does not work in the middle of the night. It does not work in the middle of the night. That thing will mock. That thing will come against. So, so I believe this. Here, here's what I believe. I believe that the Holy Spirit. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus talks about it in, in, a, in John. In fact, before Jesus ascends to heaven, before he leaves, and, and he tells the disciples, hey, guys, I'm going. Um, I know this is not what you expected. I'm going, but I'm going to send the helper, the paraclete. Um, I, he, what, Jesus talks about the role of the Holy Spirit. He talks about who the Holy Spirit is and the functions of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that he says is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit was to convince us of what? Convince us of our righteousness. Convince us of our righteousness. One of the operations and the roles of the Holy Spirit is to actually convince us on a daily basis that we are righteous, that that he who knew no sin became sin that we through him might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So good. So anything that we're doing in human attempt to bring the fulfillment of God's promise, we actually want to ask the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what am I doing in human attempt to try to get where I think I should be? And maybe actually it is where I should be. What... What is the difference? And here, here's where the Holy Spirit can show you. And I can't give you nuanced scenarios because every person's life is different. You know what I'm saying? Like all, we're all different. We are all different. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is why it would be so much easier as a church if we just put up, okay, church, here's our doctrines and here is all of our Here's all of our to-dos and, and, and to-not-dos. To like, here's our do's and our don'ts. Here's do everything on this side and, and don't do these things. And then it would be so much easier. It would be so much easier from a leadership standpoint. But what would it be? It would be human effort. It would be human effort to try to bring about the fulfillment of God the fulfillment of the promises of God. It would be human effort. And so we have, to, we have to ask the Holy Spirit, and this is why personal relationship 
with heaven, our heavenly father and with his spirit that's indwelling us is so important. This is why we talk about heart cross crown with intimacy coming first, because we have to, to have the Holy Spirit show us when am I in human effort? But, but also there's times when we, we, there is human effort because God calls us to work. He calls us to do things, right? You know, he says, you know, in first John, there's, there's a lot, or at first, second, and third John, there's a lot of passages that are like, um, if you love me, you're going to do what I command you to do. There, there's a lot of passages like that, and you're like, well, is that New Covenant? Because it seems like that's kind of getting worksy, what he's telling in First John. Do you know that in First John, First John, um, John is, is writing, and he says, well, he's talking, he's speaking to Gnostics. How many know what Gnostics are? There, there was an idea, it wasn't, it wasn't a religion, but it was an idea that was being floated around on, on like in, in different, um, there was a bunch of different facets of it, but one of the facets of Gnosticism was this. And, and Gnosticism had come in to where John was writing this letter, I think somewhere close to Ephesus. And what, what had happened was, people who had started out in, in, in just believing Jesus and receiving Jesus, people were starting to come in and to pervert the gospel and say, no, um, God didn't actually come in, in the form of Jesus. He didn't actually, because what the Gnostics believe, they believe that um, the spirit was good, like our spirit was good and that the flesh was evil. Like the flesh was like not just evil, but it was filthy. And it was actually disconnected. And so when Jesus came, they believed he was like a mirage almost, or I would say like a hologram now, that he wouldn't actually come in a body. Because bodies are filthy and bodies are evil, and we can't, be, we can't wait to be done with this age for these filthy bodies. But here's what that teaching led to. That teaching actually led to people saying, okay, my spirit, like this, this is not Ben. This is not Ben at all. This is not a Debla at all. This is not him. You're actually not seeing him because it's actually just his spirit inside of him. So it wasn't body, soul, spirit. Because the scriptures talk about our body, soul, and spirit. We're a triune being serving a triune God. And it, it's all, he's redeeming all of it, right? And so, so it's like there's, there's, just, there's just my spirit so I can do anything I want with my body. And what they were starting to teach. And, and you start to read, okay, you, you read about Gnosticism and go back and read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And you're like, that's why he wrote that. That's why he wrote that. That's why he wrote that. Oh, my word. So they, they were basically saying, it's just my spirit. And so anything this filthy uh, exterior touches, uh, it, it doesn't matter. So I can have sex with anyone I want. Orgies. I mean, they, you, you, you start to read about what was going on, and they just said, it's, it's, it's all, I don't have to be, actually, I don't have to be kind to people. I don't have to physically be kind to people, because it doesn't matter, because this thing is passing away, and it's just my spirit man. Is that evil or what? Is that twisted or what? But it started to get into the church, and, and they started to teach that. So when we start reading the writings of John, you have to understand that John was saying, no, 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 no. If these things aren't present in your life, if you say you love Jesus but are sleeping around with everybody, then, then we actually know that the love of the Father has not been perfected in you. 
we actually know that you don't actually have a relationship with Jesus because you're actually not following the, 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 um, the great commandment, which is to love God and love others. <clears throat> Isn't that wild? So, so it, it helps us to understand um, you know, what's, what, what's being said in there. And, you know, I, I think, I think about, um, no, no, I think about like reading John, um, John chapter two. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Second John. Oh, I can't remember where it was, but he literally, he literally, if you read, if you read through first, second, and third John, he'll, he'll, he'll start talking about like, actually, no, 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 no. We saw Jesus. We touched him. That's first John chapter one. We touched him. That's why he goes into such great deal of saying, no, 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 no. It was actually, Jesus was in a physical body. He was in a, we, we touched him. We were with him. We sat around the campfire with him. We told, so we laughed. We, we felt the warmth of his hand on our arm. We actually were with Jesus. And then it, it goes on to t- talk about a bunch of other things um, in, in regards to, to coming against this whole you know, this whole thought of Gnosticism. So sometimes, you know, I, I, I've wrestled with these thoughts. I've wrestled with these. And it's okay to wrestle with scripture, by the way. I heard somebody say the other day, they said they were reading a book. And um, they said in this, in this book, and I'll tell you about this book later, not today. It, um, but in this book, there was, there was so many uh, illumination, there was so much illumination of scriptures that it was like, sometimes I'll be reading, I'll, I'll read a scripture, I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to put that one on the shelf. I'm not going to trip out about it right now. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to, because I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand what this is saying, and it, it maybe is going against the, what I feel like is that, you know, because scripture interprets scripture. So I, I feel like there's this theme going and all of a sudden there's this, and it's like, what, what do I do with this? I want to be obedient to it. I don't want to make sure, I, I don't want to miss anything, but I don't know, I don't know what to do with the scripture. And so, so you kind of put it on the shelf and go, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit's going to give me revelation. He's going to show me something on that later. How many know what I'm talking about? And you're like, you know, who is it? It was a Mark Twain that said, it's not the uh, scriptures I understand that, was it bo- not bother me? What did he say? That what? Yeah, yeah. He says, it's, it's not the ones I, I don't understand that bother me. It's the scriptures I do understand that bothers me. Um, this, yes, that was a great quote that I just, ver- verbatim, Mark Twain. Okay. Perfect. So, church, one thing that we, we say when we're, um, when we're helping people get free of, of sexual addiction in our course, or we're just, we're just working with people. By the way, did you guys all, did you all plan this? It's great. There's three rust color sweaters here. It's very nice. Um... When, when we're helping people come out of sexual addiction, um, it's interesting to me how, it's, it's human nature. We, everyone always wants like a to-do list right away. 
And in fact, we just did it. We just did a ten-week course. This is not an advertisement, but we're going to do one again. We just did a ten-week course. You can go to our website. Um, and and we didn't even drop the to-do list until week eight because we were just trying to break this mentality of I have got to do more. I've got to get it done. I've got. So we were going over identity. We were going over God's what God's intent and plan is for sexuality. We're going over why we've been stuck, looking at roots, going to the roots of issues. We start looking at why we, why we don't address things. We start addressing fear, all these things. And people are like, do you don't understand? I want to get free from pornography. And we're like, I, oh, I know. I know. Can I put something on my phone? Can I put an app on my phone? Can I, can I do things? What can I do? Can I read more scripture? Can I, can I, can I pray more? Can I fast more? Can I, what can I do? I, I want to do something. I want to do something. And it's, it's in an attempt, like a, a ladder of legalism will never get us out of the pit that we're in. I'm not saying any of those things are bad. None of those things are bad that I just said. But if it's not birthed out of new covenant, out of knowing who we are in Christ Jesus and not laying hold of who he calls us to be, that we are the beloved, that that I'm actually starting and operating from a place of being perfect with God, like that my spirit man is in complete perfection. When God looks at me, he sees the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, even as that person is potentially looking at pornography that week. Spirit man is perfect. And that's a hard one to wrap our spirits around. Because we, we're like, no, 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 I'm not perfect now. No, 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 you still need regeneration. You st- I mean, not regeneration. You still need to be renewed. Your mind needs to re- be renewed. Your, your, th- there's a bunch of things that still are in a process, but you are operating and starting from the place of perfection, of complete righteousness with your heavenly father at that moment. And so just starting to do things Starting to, to, to make, a, make a list that I'm going to hold myself to and then I'm going to not do these things or I'm going to do these things and our, th- this is what I'm going to do. And then what, what do we end up doing? We end up breaking our own list. So now we've, we're, we're breaking all sorts of things. We're breaking promises. We're breaking our own list. And we're finding out that legalism doesn't get us out of the pit that we're stuck in. And what is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's fixing our eyes on Jesus. Listen, can I just tell you something really quick? Do not, do not, do not fix your eyes on your own consecration. Do not fix your eyes on your own consecration. That, that actually becomes idolatry, by the way. There are whole movements where it feels like idolatry wrapped around consecration. We're constantly talking about how consecrated we have to be. That it's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm constant. Like, so my focus is in my consecration to God. My Nazarite vow that I've taken with God. Listen, it's about the Nazarene. It's not about the Nazarite vow. It's not about the vows that I take for Jesus. It's about Jesus himself. Amen? It's about fixing our eyes on Jesus and spending time with the Holy Spirit so that the beloved identity of who we are begins to operate and, and begins to, to take root and take hold in our life so that we can walk out 
the plan of God for our life in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm telling you, there is freedom in Jesus' name. There is freedom from pornography in Jesus' name. There is, there is freedom from eating addictions in Jesus' name. There is freedom in Jesus' name. But I'm just telling you, it is not wrapped around your own effort. It is not wrapped in your own effort. It is actually wrapped in surrender to Jesus and to who Jesus is and to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. One thing that, that Pastor Bob and I said all the time when we first started the collective church is that we, we did not want to be a part of a church that was, that was um, about behavior modification, but we wanted to be a part of a church that was on focus modification. And if we could get people to focus on Jesus and to, to see who he really is, and then when we see who he really is, then we see who we really are, that we are the beloved. We are beloved children of God. Amen? And I believe this. I believe if we're asking, well, Pastor Ben, um, but if we teach too much grace, then people will start sinning too much. Paul already addressed that. Paul, Paul already addressed that. He addressed that hard in the scriptures. This is actually not, I, I believe if we're asking that question, then maybe we don't have a true revelation of the grace of God. Because the grace of God ultimately at its very core is the person of Jesus Christ who took every sin upon his, on his body, every sin. He who knew no sin became sin. He took it all, past, present, and future. He took it in, on his body. Every shame, condemnation, every sin pattern, every addiction, everything was placed in the body of Jesus. And it was dealt with at Calvary. And now we with, well, I'm just, I'm just gonna read it. Go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 4 and chapter 10 have both have beautiful, beautiful, beautiful pictures of what this is like. We're called to be in relationship with him. I was going to title this, this the, the, the message this morning, Who's Your Mama? <laughs> Who's Your Mama? Hagar, Sarah. Who's Your Mama? It says, So dear brothers and sisters, verse, verse 19, well, actually, go further. Verse 14. For, that, for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Then he, then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Psalms 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions. Verse 18, and when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Somebody said amen. The only sacrifice we offer now is the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips giving thanks. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. But I feel guilty, Pastor Ben. 
for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Let's stand. Friends, everything that we do at the Collective Church has to be with the foundation of knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Does God discipline those he loves? You bet your britches. You bet your britches he does. Does, that, does God ask hard things of us sometimes? You bet your boots he does. Does, does God sometimes allow situations to come and, yep, yep. Does that God ask us to be holy as he's holy? sure does but everything comes out of knowing him and out of relationship with him and knowing who we are if everything we do evangelism scripture reading prayer all of the spiritual disciplines come from a place of i am i am the beloved of god i'm the beloved of god he is for me not against me i am not trying to some celestial twist of God's arm behind his back because I did something. I fasted this much. I prayed much. I, I, I gave this much. I did. So God, now you, no, 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 no. Out of relationship, we're responding in obedience to him. Why? Because it's the overflow of a forgiven soul. If we see grace as the person of Jesus Christ running to us, coming to us, then we want to respond by giving him our whole life, our whole finances, all of our, like everything. We want to give it back to Jesus because he's been so good to us. I once heard a guy say, he said, you know, I'm righteous because I, make good decisions I thought oh God <laughs> oh Father that's so flimsy we're not righteous because we make good decisions we're righteous because he calls us righteous because we asked Jesus to come into our life and we said Jesus we are unrighteous so we need salvation sozo, Shauna mentioned it earlier sozo, we need nothing missing, nothing broken. We need to be saved. We need a savior. I just, I want just to brush it off your shoulders this morning that this is not about human effort. It's not about human effort to bring about a promise. God's going to bring about the promise. He's going to fulfill it. And we get to be people of faith. That, yes. Isn't it cool that God wants to partner with humanity? God, God could have set this thing up like Lord Business in the Lego movie. But no, no, no. He said, no, I want to give my people free will. Free will. Because without free will, there's, it's not love. It's not love. 
So Father, we thank you this morning for your presence in this room. Father, I just, I declare over your people this morning that you are the beloved of God this morning. And I just pray that every accusing voice of Ishmael, every accusing voice of legalism, every accusing voice that would would come against you and say you're not doing enough, you need to do more, you should have done better. Moms, there's I know the enemy comes after you moms and says you're not a good enough mom. Dads, you're not doing enough. Do better dads, do more dads. I, I saw what you thought about you. Hey, Dad, you want to lead your family in, in kingdom righteousness and principles? Yeah, I saw that thought you had. I saw that attitude you had earlier. <laughs> You're not fit to lead your family. Whew. That's the voice of Ishmael. That's mocking the promise. That's coming after who God says you really are. No, Dad, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a man of God. You're a man of integrity. And you're in a process, praise God, you're in a process of the fruit of the Spirit coming to life. And you have patience. And you have self-control. And you have goodness. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that we would take our eyes off of consecration, the consecration that we have towards you, and that we would fix our eyes squarely on you, Jesus, this morning. That, Jesus, you would be first and most. First and most. Church, if if there's somebody in this room, you said, you say, Ben, I've, I've never asked Jesus into my life to be my Lord and Savior. You're talking about this place of, of knowing in your spirit that you're right with God, and I do not know that I'm right with God. And I'm, I'm stuck in rebellion, and I'm living for myself, and I'm not living God's way. If that's you this morning, every, every eye closed. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand and say, say, I want to ask Jesus. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life this morning, if that's you. If that's you, lift up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Holy Spirit, would you show us right now, Holy Spirit, would you show us right now Are there any areas in my life in which I'm trying to bring about the promise of God in my own human effort where I'm striving, where I'm counting on my good works to make me right with God or to get me things from God? Holy Spirit, would you just show us right now? Holy Spirit, would you just show show us 
So you'd be asking him this week, Holy Spirit, would you show us areas of obedience and faith that you want us to start walking in? Would you right now, Holy Spirit, convince your people, your sons and daughters, of their righteousness? And right now, we send the slave woman and her son packing. We say, every voice of the accuser has to go in Jesus' name. Every allegiance to the law has to go right now in Jesus' name. Every accusing voice of the enemy has to go right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name that's above every name right now, every accusing voice, you have to leave. You have to leave. This is a child of God. We are children of, of Sarah is our mother. Mount Zion is our mountain. This is where we worship. The joyful gathering of the saints. The ones whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The ones who are stand in righteousness with Jesus. Jesus, you said that you, the word says that Jesus was the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. So, Father, we thank you this morning. God, I, just, I pray right now just a rest, a peace. Would you lift your hands? I just sense a peace of God. Right now. Come wind of the Spirit and blow in this place. Right now, in Jesus' name. Peace. Peace. If He has spoken to you, if He has promised it to you, He will be faithful to fulfill it. Here's what we can say today we can say, God, we trust you. God, we trust you. God, we trust you. God, we trust you this morning. Peace of God right now. It's he's here. right now. Just let him touch you. Just let him touch you. Striving is over. Striving has ceased. We receive right now. We receive. We receive his desires. We receive his energy. His grace. that accusing voice that's saying, are you even saved? And it's, it's, it's trying to put into question your salvation. We take authority over that right now in Jesus' name. We take authority over that voice right now in Jesus' name. Authority over that voice right now in Jesus' name. We cast that thought down. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. 
To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.